the believer's precious refuge, Christ, or the forgiveness of sins through Christ. Jesus taught us to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and we want to study that at the end of the year and see that we need this prayer at the end of 2023, even as we do at the end of every day. And let's turn in our catechism to Lord's Day 51, page 895. In the back of your songbooks, a good summary of the Bible's teaching on this, on this prayer, what does the fifth petition mean? Lord's Day 51, page 895. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors means because of Christ's blood, do not impute to us or charge to us, poor sinners that we are, any of the transgressions we do or the evil that constantly clings to us. Forgive us just as we are fully determined as evidence of your grace in us, wholeheartedly to forgive our neighbors. And then Psalm 130 is our scripture reading. Page 614. A song of ascents. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning, more than watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. May God bless this good word, glorious word for our lives. Brothers and sisters in Jesus, the Christian's most precious refuge, the greatest benefit we've enjoyed in 2023 has been God's gift of forgiveness in Christ. There's no better. That's a gateway gift, remember? As long as we're in sin, we're separated from God. Take away that sin. And he takes us into his arms and gives us every other blessing. It's a gateway gift. The Lord has been our daily hiding place and refuge in the past year through the forgiveness of sins and how we need forgiveness. James 3 verse 2, we all stumble in many ways. He's speaking to believers. We all stumble in many ways. Yeah, the guy next to you, but you too, me too. And just like we need daily bread to live physically, we need daily forgiveness to live spiritually. 
And there's a unique thing about the last three requests of the Lord's Prayer. They're joined by an and. Their first three are not joined by an and, but the last three are. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, which means each of these is daily. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. In other words, also this day daily. It's a daily need that we have in our lives. So our prayer for the end of the year is a prayer for forgiveness and the confidence that through Christ, it's ours. And we can go out of this year and into the new year completely confident. Completely confident that the record is clear. God loves us in Christ and he brings no charges against us. You want that? It's there for us in Christ. A prayer for the end of the year. First we see my need, then God's refuge, and then our hope. We all stumble in many ways. James 3 verse 2, Kevin DeYoung gives a few examples. You're short on sleep, you're under a lot of stress at work, and you've Fire a harsh word at your kids. Stop it. You're driving me crazy. You feel hurt by your wife and you let loose a biting remark. Oh, you'd hate to hate to be helpful, wouldn't you? You want your body to be own, your own rather than your wife's or your husband's, so you pretend to have a headache or be too busy rather than show affection. Or you imagine yourself to be all important and all knowing, so you pout or you shout at your parents for setting boundaries in your life. Or you let down your guard and you put someone else down in conversation with friends because it's worth a good laugh. Or you let yourself soak in a bath of self-pity because something hard happened to you. And on and on. At the end of 2023, we confess, I need, I need the forgiveness of sins. I believe the forgiveness of sins. I love the forgiveness of sins. I need this gift of God. It's been our refuge every day. That's what got us through. That gift of God has been my saving grace. Because the truth is we pile up debts every day. Our perfect God gets only imperfect obedience and imperfect worship from us. And sometimes he gets from us flat out full-throated disobedience. We need forgiveness. And God wants us to keep short accounts with him. You mess up, you fess up. Don't let things pile up. It's like your room. If it's a huge mess with three feet of socks, shorts, and Timmy's cups, guess how that got there? Guess how that got there? One item at a time. And because you didn't clean up as you messed up, it piled up. To a point where it feels hopeless and you don't know where to start and you want to just leave it. It's too complicated, too hard. And it definitely gets in the way of functioning well, doesn't it? When you let things pile up. Well, the same is true in our relationship. Sin is always relational. When we sin, it's always against God and sometimes against our neighbor. Maybe your husband or wife, your mom or dad your brother or sister or friend or a coworker, 
or the neighbor on the highway that just cut you off or whom you cut off? Sin is always relational. It always hurts a relationship and the more you let it build up, the more things get piled up in that relationship and clutter it. So it gets in the way of living freely and in harmony with one another and especially with our God. God says, don't let things pile up. Keep short accounts with me and with others. And that's why Jesus taught us to pray. Heavenly Father, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. It's got to go both ways, doesn't it? We need to keep short accounts. It means picking things up quickly after we make a mess of something. It means confessing thoroughly, not insincerely like, I apologize for losing it. If only you didn't drive me to it. You pretended to confess, but you twisted it into an accusation. And that's not a confession. Or, I'm sorry I hurt you like that, but you don't have to make such a big deal of it. Are you really sorry? Do you really see how you impacted the other person? I don't think so. You're making little of it. You just want to move on without really taking care of the matter. Forget about it. That's not confessing. A man came to Charles Spurgeon. said, Pastor, help me beat my problem of drunkenness. Okay, you got to pray, said Charles Spurgeon. So he prayed, Lord, I'm sorry that I went out with the wrong friends last night. Stop, says Spurgeon, that's not going to work. Try again. The drunk said, Lord, I'm sorry that I went to a bad place last night. Stop, said Spurgeon, that's not the right prayer, that's not going to work. Well, the guy gave up, well, you pray for me then. Spurgeon said, Lord, I'm sorry I got drunk. That was my fault, nobody else's. Please help me to conquer it. Lord, the Lord God wants us to confess, Lord, I did that. And that came from my own heart. It's my fault. I make no excuses. I don't add a blame to it. In our culture, we have redefined sin as the really, really bad things that really, really bad people do like Hitler maybe, or Putin, or Stalin, but the rest of us really don't sin. We mess up, we make mistakes, missteps. But the things that appear little or are hidden on the inside, those aren't sins, we're actually pretty good. Sin's not really an issue for most people. Well, Jesus doesn't view his own children that way when he taught us to pray, forgive us our debts. Because for God, sin starts in the heart. In Psalm 19, he says, cleanse me for hidden faults. Discern my errors, Lord. Discern my errors, cleanse me from hidden faults. That's a great prayer. Show me where I'm wrong, Lord, because I can't always see it clearly. Do we do that? 
But for God, sin starts in the heart. What runs through your head when people do stuff you don't like? How do you feel when another person's doing really well and you not so much? How often did we fail to pray in the past year? How steady have we been in reading the Bible every day? How often have we told little lies to make ourselves look better than we are or to stay out of trouble? How often we, have we doubted God's goodness or fairness to us? How often haven't we grumbled about our circumstances and failed to count our many blessings? How often have we failed to be surprised at God's goodness to us? How often haven't we failed to be thankful? How often haven't we wasted our time on ourselves and failed to use opportunities God gives us to grow in wisdom and knowledge? How often we have ignored a brother or sister or neighbor in their sickness or trouble because we were so occupied with ourselves. I don't have time. We become like the priest and the Levite in the parable of the Good Samaritan. Not right now. If I had more time, I would. And we say with the psalmist, Psalm 130, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand but with you, there is forgiveness that you may be feared. God's child here is not talking about one big sin in his life. Psalm 51 is more like that. But he's talking about iniquities in the plural. The whole bunch of them, the whole lot, the whole package. A long list of shortcomings if you, Lord, should keep a record. Too many to count. And it speaks of God's forgiveness as a steady ongoing grace in our lives. With you there is forgiveness for all those iniquities. Psalm 40 verse 12. My iniquities have overtaken me. I cannot see. They're more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails me. Psalm 86, verse 5 and 6. You, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. So yes, brothers and sisters, we all stumble in many ways. James 3, verse 2. Have you been willing in this past year to be honest about yourself to look at your own sin and confess it I know it's a lot easier to see the other guys I need support but I don't need confession well James or John says if we say we have no sin we lie we lie. That's not going to take us anywhere good. But if we confess our sin, he forgives. He doesn't call us to stew in the juice of our own sinfulness, but he does call us to see our sin and then run for constant refuge in the gift of forgiveness. Let no one imagine that he or she can live one day outside of the shelter of forgiveness provided by the blood of Christ. 
whatever state we're in, whatever our situation, let's not forget our need for forgiveness. For past things, present things. And then secondly, let's run to our God for refuge. But with you there is forgiveness. Forgiveness is the mother of all spiritual blessings. Sin separates us from God. It shuts us out from him. Take that out of the way. And God rushes to you with open arms to fill your life with good things. It's the progression in Psalm 103. Benefits, number one, he forgives all your iniquity. Well, then all the other benefits follow. Remember, it's the gateway grace. So what is forgiveness? I like the catechism's description. Do not impute to us, poor sinners that we are, any of the transgressions we do or the evil that constantly clings to us. Impute means charge. Don't charge to us any of the transgressions that we do or the evil that constantly clings to us. Don't hold them against us. Don't keep them on our record. That's forgiveness. Don't make us pay the debt that we owe God. In forgiveness, God is saying, I canceled the debt, the whole debt you owe. I put your offenses out of the way and I'm not going to let them stand in between us. Imagine you ask God for forgiveness. And that's what he comes back with. It's gone. It's out of the way. Even if David's great sin against Bathsheba, he confesses it. Nathan says, you've sinned, the Lord has taken away your sin. Just like that. There'd be consequences. But the relationship with God is restored. I remove them as far as east is from the west. And east and west never meet each other. Or another way the scripture says that I remember them no more. Another scripture, they're out of my sight. I trample them under my feet. I throw them into the sea. I blot them from your record. If you should mark iniquities, the Lord who could stand, but with you there's forgiveness. In other words, forgiveness is God's refusal to mark your iniquities. Yep, you did that. Colossians says that we had a huge invoice of debt we owed to God. Infinite stuff written on that invoice that we have to pay. And that God took that invoice and nailed it to his son Jesus on the cross. Paid in full. God says, my child, it's all gone. He hates sin. He judges it, big or little. He requires every sin to be paid in full because he's holy and he can't overlook it. But in forgiveness, he takes care of it 
himself puts his arms around us and says, I love you. The matter's over. Well, what did you do with it? He doesn't just sweep it under the carpet. That's what we can do, but you know then it's still there. Forgiveness is real. He paid for it himself in his son. He sent his son. Put it all on him. Made him sin for us. So there he is, our sin. Though he never sinned personally, he became sin for us, 2 Corinthians 5. Bore the wrath for us, the judgment. Became a curse for us, Galatians 3. So it's really eaten up. It's really absorbed. It's really taken care of. It's really paid for. Forgiveness isn't imaginary. It's not just a word. It's not just a wish. It's not just an idea. It is bloody. It is a bloody mess. The bloody mess of the cross. It's paid for. Not just your actual sins, the transgressions you commit, but your original sin, your sinful nature, the evil that constantly clings to you, the whole package of sin. When John said of Jesus, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, the word sin is singular, meaning the whole sin package. Sinful deeds, thoughts, words, feelings, but also the the source of sin that lives in your heart. Paul says the same thing. We couldn't pay the debt ourselves, so God in his love sent his son to do what we could not do. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, singular again, for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. The whole business got cleaned up taken care of at the cross. It's gone. So, forgive us our debts. Is there a forgiveness store somewhere where there's enough for me? The blood of Jesus, the cross of Christ. There's an overflowing well of forgiveness to draw from. Where as often as you come to that well every day, no matter how little, secret, big, public, whatever, there's forgiveness with God for you. Jesus paid it. On the cross, now some Christians believe that we ought not to pray this prayer, forgive us our sins, because when you first believe, You're given forgiveness. Why keep asking for it when Jesus told you you're forgiven? Well, Jesus wouldn't have taught us to pray. Forgive us our sins, our debts. If he did not intend us to make that a daily burden that we cast on the Lord. Because you see what happened at the cross is Jesus accomplished a full forgiveness for us. It's all there in that one work. When we first believe, it's granted to us in our in promise. It's put in our bank account. But then day to day, we draw from that account. The Holy Spirit applies it to our lives. 
The account is full, but we must keep drawing from it as we need it to keep things from piling up in our relationship with God and with with each other and getting weighed down, bogged down. Another year of grace, the grace of forgiveness, another year of taking refuge in the blood of Christ, what safety and peace we've been given. Cannot imagine what a blessing it is to know forgiveness of sins and to be told to pray for that and to be assured that it's real. So what about you? Have you confessed your sins to God? Have you been taking refuge in the blood of Christ? Have you been keeping short accounts with your God? Confessing your major failures of 2023? Perhaps you did something very foolish. Very wrong. Very hurtful. Or maybe a million things inside that nobody could see that are also raunchy. Have you taken it to the Lord? Have you said, show me my sins, Lord. Discern my hidden errors. Because I want that stuff taken care of too. And it all comes from trust, really. Trusting that the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient for you. If forgiveness wasn't for you, Jesus wouldn't have called you to come to him and cast your burdens on him and find rest. He's not a liar. He keeps his word. He paid for it. So are you taking care of things with God? Or are you so preoccupied with your life that you're rushing forward in your busyness and in all your important stuff and you're putting Your sin's on the back burner. You might be in that spot right now at the end of 2023 where you're not really dealing seriously with your own sin issues. You, You might be in that spot. It's not a good spot to be because even if your relationship with God can't be broken, it can sure get cluttered up, messed up. You gotta take care of business with God. And he assures you that he's good and ready to forgive all those who call upon him. Why would we delay? Let's go to him. Let's end the year well in the shelter of God's forgiving love. But there's also the matter of hope in this psalm. But with you, there is forgiveness so that you may be feared. And then he goes on to say, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope, O Israel, hope in the Lord. When there's forgiveness, there's hope. Hope for healing. We say, first I must heal and then I can forgive. No, no, the Bible is the other way. You first commit to forgive and then you open a door for healing. 
Forgiveness really is life-changing. It not only cleanses us, clears the record, but it changes us. So it says, we're drawn to fear God, but with you there's forgiveness that you may be feared. It's life-changing. We're drawn to fear God, and that is to stand in awe of him, to love him dearly, and to want to imitate him so that God's forgiven me. I'm so awed by that that I want to share that with others. So what Jesus said, when you really ask for forgiveness honestly, it's because you know the grace of forgiveness. And you, and you show that by wanting to share it with others. When we drink the fountain of grace, we become fountains of grace, don't we? Sharing forgiveness with others who sin against us. Of course, we can never complete the transaction of forgiveness when people are not sorry and will not repent. But still, like our God, we're ready and eager to forgive, full of mercy and grace toward others, those who've wronged us or in some way hurt us or disappointed us. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, Heavenly Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Because there's hope. And God forgives us. And that relationship is cleared. That my relationship with my neighbor can also be cleared. So if you have God's forgiveness as Jesus, you'll want to share it with others. If you, want, if you know what it is to be forgiven, you'll want to forgive. When God's grace enters your life to forgive you and accept you as a child, that also changes you and enables you to deal graciously with others. When we can't deal graciously with others, it can only mean one thing. We haven't experienced grace ourselves. Remember the story of Simon the Pharisee who behaved in a very graceless, ungracious manner toward that sinful woman who came into his house when Jesus was there. She comes in, falls at the feet of Jesus weeping, wipes his feet with her tears. Tears of repentance and love. And Simon says, yeah, if Jesus knew who she was, he, he'd be staying away. And Jesus said to Simon, Simon, I have something to say to you. This woman's many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. You hear that? This woman's many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. But the one who's forgiven little loves little. The one who's forgiven little loves little. As we've been forgiven, that's how we forgive others. But if we can't forgive others, that begs the question, do you know what forgiveness is? Have you been forgiven by God? Can you receive grace from God and still have no grace for others? And at the end of 2023, that's also an important question for us. Does forgiveness live in your heart? For everyone, for everyone who's hurt you. Again, the transaction might not be able to be completed, but does that live in your heart?
Are you ready and eager to pursue it? And to grant it wherever you can. You know, there might be something in the past that still lives in your heart. Someone has hurt you. Maybe not. It wasn't even a sin, but you felt hurt or offended. And you're still not ready to let go of it. You're still not ready to forgive. You're still not ready to release that person from your anger. You're still not willing to talk to that person. Oh, I forgive and I just don't want to talk to him. Eh. Does God really, do you really want God to treat you that way? Will you resolve right now, this very afternoon, December 31, 2023, you'll settle this matter as soon as you can. Will you forgive as you've been forgiven? Will you finish the prayer this year with this prayer, Lord, I've not been willing to let go, but please forgive me for this too. And I resolve now to take care of it ASAP. Refuge of forgiveness. It's the refuge God gives us to live in with him, but it is also a refuge we give to others. And be kind and compassionate to one another, Ephesians 4. Forgiving one another just as God also forgave you in Christ, therefore be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love as Christ also loved us. And gave himself for us. A sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. Amen. Let's pray. Father. Thank you for your heart. Of forgiving love. Thank you for sharing that heart with us. In the forgiveness of our sins. Giving us that same heart to be forgiving toward others. Lord, what a refuge for us. What a way to live day by day. That's what's carried us through. That's what's brought us to now, your forgiving God. And we seek you also for the coming year. So give us these gifts Give us the gift of forgiveness and the gift of sharing it. Lord, if there is someone that we're unready and unwilling to forgive or let go of a grievance and the door is open, help us to make tracks today and to resolve not to live 2024 the same way. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.